You are now tuned in to Diamonds After Dark. 18 and older only, please. And please be advised that some subjects are controversial and explicit language is used. Enjoy the show. Hello, 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 and welcome to Diamonds After Dark. I am your host, Untame, and we are here with this brown liquor talk with that is real, raw, and purely untamed. I am joined by my co-host, Miss Timeless V. And V, how are you this evening? I am so ready to dive on in. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, today, you guys, we will be talking about siege on the Capitol. Unless you have been living under a rock in the whole world, but, you know, specifically the United States of America, um, we had an incident that we will go into and I'm pretty sure when I say siege on Capitol, on Capitol, you know what we're talking about. But, you know, we'll 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 discuss it a bit more. But uh, prior to that in the literary world, because we are literary queens in these streets. So we have to come up and talk to you guys about what's going on in our portion of the world segment of the world. And we also had some very devastating um, news that came to us. And that was about the famous, the legendary mm. Eric Jerome Dickey. Um, he passed away at the age of 59 years old or 59 years young. Because that is not, you know, maybe when you're younger, it seems like it's old. But as you grow older, you realize how short 59 years are. But... um he passed away from cancer, and um, he is, for those of you who are younger and may not be familiar, he is one of the original vets in the game, mm. in the literary game. Um, my first read by him, I'll never forget it, was Milk and My Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, so, V, what was your, your first read by Eric Jerome Dickey, or... E-J-D, as we call him. <laughs> oh, man. My first read by him, and I still have the book to this day, is Cheaters. I yes. became so obsessed with him that I mm. went and bought all these books, and I became obsessed with putting them in order. Mm. And I love the way, I absolutely love the way he recycled characters that you mm-hmm. that didn't make them main characters in the next book, but then you had to go back and look and say, "Wait, I, I know that person. Let me go back to this book and read through this." And boom, you find somebody that made an appearance in another book. But the way that he he wove all his books together was yes. amazing. Um, I, man, I I just remember. Um, one of my friends, I can't even remember who it was, let me borrow milk in my coffee. And I read it. And I ran out immediately and bought it. And I bought um, Sister, Sister. Mm. Um, 
those are the first two books I ever bought of his. I, I did buy cheat right. I did buy cheaters. Um it's another one and I can't the the title fuddles me right now. But Blackbirds, uh it was mm. so many he wrote so many books. But I have a collection of his books on my bookshelf. It, I, I'm starting to have a vet <laughs> collection bookshelf because it's always like for some reason, and I didn't do this intentionally. Um, all of the authors, black authors that I grew up reading and loving from like a teenager to young, early 20s, I ended up putting them like on a separate shelf. And I think it was just it turned it's turning out to be of a bit of an homage to them mm-hmm. and i didn't intend for it to be but when i looked on it because i pulled out his two books and i was looking on i was like this bookshelf over here is like dedicated to the vets and then the other bookshelf has all the other books on. <laughs> the newer ones yeah yeah the newer ones they have all the other books on it all everywhere those two books were that it was all like that it was all Kiki Swenson, Tushana Whitaker, um, T Styles, Wahita Clark, like everybody yes. who has been in the game for a long time was on this one bookshelf. And I was like, Wow, I I, I somehow in my mind separated the bits <laughs> from the newbies. <laughs> so that's what it was. But um, so we have to pay him his just due and just listening to the stories that so many people have shared about him. He was such a warm hearted person um, who did not mind reaching back into the literary community, not for just the vets, but for the new ones coming in and inspiring authors. And, you know, they talk about how he really would just take people up under his wing and he didn't mind, you know, as long as, if you talked to him and knew he was just approachable like that. And um, if there's anything that I would say that anybody could take away from that, especially if you're new into the literary community, is to take that same formula that they had. They've been in the game, but they still didn't let the game get to their head. You know, they were, they weren't, he knew York Times bestseller, but he wasn't, you know, so big that he couldn't say, okay, you want to do this? Let me help you. You know, I want to support you. I want to, you know, let me give you some advice or let me, you know, just take you under my wing. So I absolutely, you know, adore that hearing those stories about him, um, especially as an author, but surely as a fan. Mm -hmm. But I want to just take a few seconds and just have a moment of silence for him um, as a person and as a great loss to the literary community. All right, you guys. Well, that was our moment of silence for Eric Jerome Dickey. My prayers go out to his family, his friends, and may he rest in eternal peace. Now, I, I, I'm going to say this, and I know V going to um, probably feel like I'm throwing some shade, but I, I, I can't help it. Um, if you were on Clubhouse. See, now, I knew you were going to bring it up. I knew. I knew. I was watching enviously as I saw the post regarding where y'all had you know, formulated a basically a tribute to him um, where you guys had talked about it was you and and 
Literary Diamond, and there was somebody else tagged in it. But I was hating from outside the club. I ain't even gonna lie. I you, like, you were, you I were, couldn't you. even get in. <laughs> Girl, <Okay. laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Look, it, we on January the 31st at 7 p.m. Well, this is what happened. Oh, okay, what what had happened? What had happened was on the day that he was transitioning, and I think I might have said this before. I'm not sure. I've talked about this so much now because it seems so surreal. We were in a in the um, clubhouse, but the the group was about recycled readers, and the conversation just was flowing so well that we went from one topic to the next topic to the next topic. And we were in there with some vets in the game. Like it was Zane, it was Legion Hunt, uh, it was who else was in there? Um Karen Quinones, um, Allison Grace. It, it was so many of us in there. And we got to talking about, you know, how we should apply the theory to reading the older, you know, literature or the beginning literature or some of the vets. And because a lot of people now, you know, they're growing up who are reading and they're used to the newer authors, but they really don't know anything about the older ones. We were, you know, just discussing um, having us, you know, have the younger generation read the vets as far as recycle readers, their, their older books, because the newer, you know, readers, the younger readers, they know about the newer authors. And even if they know about the vets, they don't know about their early works that really got like many of us, thousands of us authors mm-hmm. into writing. And so we decided, hey, we want to do that. So we pressured Diamond's Literary World to kind of start a virtual book club in the clubhouse. And she said that she would do it. So we said, well, let's, you know, let's just go with it. And because this should, this will be fun. All of us authors that were in there some of us knew some of us been in the game for a little bit with vets we were all together and it was just camaraderie so it was like okay well let's all get together and just pay homage to you know these you know different authors so she said well who do you think um we should start with first what author and collectively and when i say in the speakers forum it had to be at least 20 25 of us when i say collectively we all took our mics off of mute and said eric jerome dickey at Mm. the same time and we all laughed because we had not discussed who we would start with or anything but it's like he was on everybody's mind simultaneously and so she said well what's the book you want to start with and about four or five of us jumped in at the same time was like milking my coffee and so she said that's what we're going going to start with then milking my coffee i was excited because like i just said it's the first book ever read about um we had fun that you know whole two hours we were on there got off Two days later, his family broke the news that he passed. But at the time, we didn't know when until later on that day that he passed mm-hmm. on that Sunday. And that Sunday was the day that we were talk, having this discussion and decided to read his work. And we all just, that blew us all back because we were like, 
his spirit had to be in that room in, in that clubhouse room with us because we had no clue that this man was gaining his wings that day you know or maybe had already gained them you know what I mean and we didn't know but it was just such a surreal moment so you know I'm definitely gonna enjoy this 31st uh, <laughs> clubhouse event oh is that when y'all do 31st you come you gonna come probably not but still um i'm gonna look at the app though on somebody's Uh, yeah because clearly i just i will say this i and i remember milk of my coffee it wasn't my first and i have it i actually have it i still have it um it wasn't my first but i do i would love to sit in on that because let's be honest he was so Mm, I don't want to say he was right on time. I'll say it like that. He was right on time because if anybody out there has read it, and if you haven't read it, go read it. It is one of those that genuinely he talked about such a relevant conversation Mm -hmm. in such a way that I thought was amazing because you're sitting there like, wow, is it really that big of a deal that he's, I don't want to give it away for those that haven't read it, but mm. for it to be such a controversial topic, which I think if you just, the title alone to me says what it it's about. Exactly. Um, <laughs> come on now. Um, so to know that even to this day, that interracial couples have to go through so much but I do think that he just brought something so unique to it like honestly I never had a problem visualizing any of his stories or even becoming invested in the characters and y'all know I get invested y'all y'all know I get very passionate about my characters yes you do I swear but um in such a way though that Wow, I will say this, and then I, we can, you know, take the conversation where or move on to the next topic, whichever. But I will say this: one thing about the old heads, when it came down to writing, it wasn't a competition. Right. One thing is they there's so many, and and I don't want nobody to sit there and say, well, it wasn't that many. They were, you know, there were there were a lot of African up now where they getting as much publicity, but. but there were so many, but they did not hesitate. And there wasn't a competition. Like they weren't worried about what the next one was put out. Like they really were on it and putting their stuff out there that their writing really did speak for themselves. You didn't feel like you had to either like this author or that author. They allowed you genuinely, they allowed you to enjoy multiple writers and there wasn't an issue with it. That's just how I look at it. And I, I absolutely, uh, I couldn't even name all the authors that really got me inspired into, or the books. Honestly, the books. I loved his book, Midnight, though. Book Midnight. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still looking for a Midnight. I probably need to go uh, for that, though. We'll see. Um, we'll see how that works out. Um <laughs> But still, at eleven fifty nine, we'll work it out. So, I just again, I just 
God, that man. And he was so humble. I had him as a Facebook friend and he was never, he was very interactive with everybody. I'm not going to lie to y'all. One thing that really attracted me to him was the fact now, mind you, he's a good 20 years older than me. Um, But I loved, loved, loved a man with dreads. That man. (laughs) He wore them dreads, okay? He didn't he know, but when he cut him, I ain't gonna lie. I was like, what happened? Why? Why did you do that? Okay, well, we know now, but I was so like, this man is one of those, like, he he was a zaddy before everybody knew what that was. Child, what you talking about? (laughs) Yes. All right, y'all. Sorry. Had this. I'm just being honest. Going a whole other direction. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. All right. So, all right. Let's let's get off of that because we're just going a whole other direction. But again, if you are on the clubhouse or can get in the clubhouse on January 31st at 7 p.m., we will be discussing milk in my coffee. So, if you have not got it. Get it on Kindle, read it, or go buy it from somewhere if it's not sold out. Because we know people tend to love to buy stuff when something happens. Swear. So, so, but yeah. Now we have, you know, I know we took us some time with Mr. Airdron to get, and I don't care because he's worth the time to talk about and discuss. <laughs> he's 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 worth that. So, you know, since we talked about and paid our homage to author Eric Jerome Dickey. We'll move on to today's actual topic, which is Siege on the Capitol. Now, unless you have been living under a rock um, and the world saw this, uh, you know, it happened in the U.S., but I just cannot believe anybody doesn't know at this point. But Mm -hmm. on January the 6th, um, there was a rally in which Trump was there talking to his supporters, and they were supposed to be um, verifying the electorates at the Capitol, the legislators were. And he basically encouraged his supporters to storm the Capitol, um, basically to, to go protest and, you know, stand up for your rights and, you know, don't be weak, be strong and, and take back America and all of this, stop the steal and all the stuff that he's been, all the propaganda he's been sprewing um, since the election in November. But um, they did just that. They they went and I guess everyone assumed that it was going to be a peaceful protest until they literally stormed the Capitol, breaking in and breaking windows and going in and getting into the rotunda and even getting so far as to getting some into Nancy Pelosi's office um, and, and basically having to have the Senate and the House under protective secret service because they were literally that close to being, I mean, stormed the Senate floor and everything. So, um, we didn't speak about this on the 7th because we, we had a topic already, which is New Year, New Me. And rightfully so, we needed some time to just process everything that happened so that we could come back without being um, lividly angry. Um, not sure if I'm <laughs> still... I know I still have some, you know, anger about it. I, I think I've hopefully calmed down some. 
But um, I just want to start with with UV and just ask you, you know, how did you feel about the writing act that was committed at the Capitol on the 6th? Um, well, the amount of emotions that I went through that I'll say I couldn't believe it. It was one of those things that you know, as, you, as you're watching these things happen, you you really wonder and try to fathom what could possibly be going through someone's mind. Um, and I mean, a lot of them shared their thoughts that, you know, the election was rigged and all this other stuff. But as you watch these things unfold, or as I specifically watch these things unfold, I was scared because it's one of those things, if you are bold enough to do this at the Capitol, to me, there's no limits on what you're willing to do to, um, I don't want, I guess the best way to put it is stand up for what you believe, um, you know, or rather lack thereof, stand up for, um, what's the best way to put it? how ig- how much you support your own ignorance i think that's mm. the best way to put that um mm-hmm. because then it's like wow is this what it's like to watch history really repeat itself um one of the things that i was really baffled by was you know i know a lot of people regards how brainwashed or rightfully so they felt uh were probably on this whole trip of this is a revolution, we're taking a country back, we'll do whatever. And I know a lot of things was, well, what about, you know, Black Lives Matters when they were doing all these things? And, you know, I have to point out the fact that Black Lives Matter was about a united change, like a change that could benefit white, blacks, brown, purple, whatever the case may be, benefited everyone. However, th- in this case, it was done to benefit a selected few. And of course we saw that, you know, 30,000, I think it was, they said 300,000 people were there, maybe 30,000 people. It was three. Um, <laughs> 30,000. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 30, it, 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 yeah. So it's like, I know for most people it's like 30,000, it's not a small number, but they're not, a lot of people don't feel that way. Um, and that's something even I had to kind of process myself to say, okay, even with 30,000 people, while that is a large group, it is technically small amount of group versus, you know, all the individuals in the United States. So it's just like, wow, where the hell were the, was the National Guard? Where were the uh rubber bullets where was the tear gas where was the um just where was the protection or even the i don't want to say disregard for life but i don't know a better way of putting it where was the disregard for life that y'all showed when there was a peaceful protest with black lives matter so for where was the immediate arrest for them being on federal grounds you know i'm not gonna sit here and act like i just know the law 
However, if I'm not mistaken, there was a lot of individuals that were arrested, that was dispersed with being peaceful, laying on the ground, putting their hands up. And I know a lot of people, oh, that's media propaganda and it's, it's this and it's that. So why is this discredited? Why aren't they called thugs? Why aren't they called, uh, for what they are, rioters? You know, why do they get, why do they get the ability to, why do they have the right to do these things? I guess that's really what was really running through my, what gives them the right to be able to do these things when people of color, and I know a lot of people are like, don't bring race into it. It's not about race. There was black people out there. First of all, those were token black friends. Let's be clear. The majority of them were token black friends. I promise you, if they were not identified being with somebody actually there, and actually, I'm just wondering what it would have been like to even get caught up in that and just wanted, wanting to observe. You know, hear me out when I say this, listeners. Hear me out. What would you have done? Would you have, shit, if I don't chant this or if I don't say yeah to this, they're going to beat my ass. You know, if they're that pissed off that they can go up against the Capitol where they have no clue what's going on or who's in there or anything, but if they can do that, they're probably going to beat my ass. So maybe I need to start chanting this. It, would you do that? So it's just, and I see, you know, a news article, or rather not a news article, it was really a clip that went around where, you know, the guy recorded himself where they had snatched the wig off the black woman um, and was chanting about it and was happy about it, where this woman who was leaving work, walking home, black woman, and they asked her for one, did she vote for Trump? And she said no, flipped them off and kept walking. They attacked her. They flat out oh. attacked her. Uh-huh. And it's just one of those things that, my God, what do we do? Where do we go from here? How do we, how do we really wrap our mind around it? Because to me, for me, these aren't people that just were from that state. They traveled uh-huh. to be there. They uh-huh. traveled. I. And as most of you know, I live in Kentucky. There was a pastor from Owensboro that actually went there to be a part of this. He wasn't telling them, you know, stop, don't do this. My God. None, no, he was a part of it. He, was, he literally took a picture of himself in the Capitol. Inside, and to me, as soon as you stepped your foot in that Capitol, you're a terrorist. Regardless of what your intention was, regardless of your whole thing was, I just wanted to see what the inside of it looked like. They got tours for that shit. You were a terrorist. <laughs> and to me, you should be prosecuted. Period. That's it. I don't give a damn what your title is. I know there were lawmakers from out of state there. There were there were so many people there that had daily jobs, which makes me wonder. The fuck? Where's the question of, y'all ain't got jobs to go to? That's what y'all were asking protesters who were standing up for individual lives. 
So what the fuck? What do we do as a nation? And I know a lot of people like, we need to come together. Y'all need to stop. Of course, this is prior to this incident happening. Um, Y'all need to come together. We need to show love, whatever. Oh, y'all don't know the full story. Fuck all that. Honestly, Mm -hmm. it's just, if you didn't have fear before now, you damn sure should have fear now. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel, and and I get I totally get what you're saying, you know. And I I put it like this for those who do try to say, you know, well, don't play the race card because you know there were black people there. Well, let me tell you this: there were white people at the Black Lives Matter protests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. White people who got hurt. There's a man who lost his arm, a woman who lost her life, and a man who lost his eye from a rubber bullet. Um, so they were there. So we can go ahead and dispel that part of it. Right. Because, um, you know, I'm with you. They were the token, token black people. I, I, what debunks that? Is exactly what you talked about when the lady who wasn't a part of the protest was walking home and they confronted her about whether or not she voted for Trump. And she said no. They took her wig and like grown white men and white women physically attacked her. They wasn't just verbally assaulting her. They was physically trying to jump on her. Now it took other people that were there to actually help pull her out. I saw the clip. Mm -hmm. So that she could get away from it. So, at that point, you know, where's the justice for her? And this is, you know, she she was black, you know, and it's, it's the point that you can't help. When you see stuff like that, you can't help but look at race. And plus, two, let's, let's just be clear about this. Although I did say there were white people that Black Lives Matter and there were a few, very few black people at the riot, um... The overwhelming difference is that 99% of Black Lives Matter probably was black. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was black. 99% of those people who stormed pro-Trump supporters who stormed the Capitol were white. Yeah. And so the disparity is if you pull up footage for when there was scheduled protests for Black Lives Matter going to the Capitol. They couldn't even get near the federal building. Not on the steps, not in the rotunda. Um, They couldn't get too close to the federal building, period. There was National Guard and military lined up before they even got there by the thousands. Um, And that was by large and by far a peaceful protest that's what it was set out to be the fact that these people stormed the cap they could have got to the federal building and stopped right there Mm -hmm. but the fact that they stormed the capitol lets you know that that's what they intended to do nobody stopped and said you know had all of this protest and they were saying what they said and then they decided I watched this in real time they continued to march straight up the steps straight to the Capitol door as they started getting closer 
you know, past the gates and the, the barricades and the gates, the newscasters on every station was like, wait a minute, where is the police presence? What's going on? They should not be getting this close to the Capitol building. Mm. This is before they got to the steps. Then they got to the steps. Then they started tear- climbing the walls and tearing down the windows. They got close enough and they got inside and became an imminent threat. Um, and at that point, you are, you are past being a writer. You are a terrorist. You're a domestic terrorist. You've committed treason on your country. Um, and like you said, these people, a lot of people had jobs. It was a company CEO. There was a pastor there. You know, all of these different stories are coming out of all of these different people who were there. And then, you know, oh, well, they didn't mean for it to go that far. But you did. You mm-hmm. didn't mean for it to go that far because you did it. If you didn't, there's nothing that was there that was stopping you from saying, I'm not going inside the Capitol building because I know that this is a federal offense. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing that stopped you from doing that. You did it. You say you were being caught up in the morning, but moment all you want to, but you are a grown adult. There was nobody, I don't say I don't say it was nobody there that was under the age, but the majority of the people I saw and the ones that got arrested were where they older than me and you. You know better. As as my grandma can say, you know some better. You know some better. You know some you know some better. Okay. So you knew that what you were doing was wrong was wrong. You knew that it was a fair if you are CEO and you're a pastor, you're a lawyer, you you have a little bit more grasp on laws than a lot of these people. You know this is wrong. You know this is a federal offense. So the consequences of a lot of people that happen, I don't feel sorry for them. The ones who did suffer consequences, I don't feel sorry for you because you live by the sword, you die by the sword. You lost your job or you've gotten hurt and the woman who was an army vet, she got killed. I'm not wishing death on anybody. I'm not, you know, wishing harm on anybody. But when you do things and you incite violence and you incite riots and you incite discord, that is what's going what you're going to be met with. That's no surprise. You went up there saying that this is a revolution. Well, you can't go up there and start a revolution and not be prepared for revolutionary things to happen. No, they thought that's you know they thought white privilege was a shield as well. That part too, and and they did, and and, and that's the major difference. That's another point as to why when people shout, "Well, Black Lives Matter." They did this because they used white privilege as a shield because they thought nothing would happen to them, even though they were committing a treasonous act, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even though they were domestic terrorists. Their white privilege was supposed to be their shield. And that is why you cannot compare what happens with Black Lives Matter to, to this. Because we as Black people know that we run a risk of being shot killed, attacked, um, arrested if we gather together for a peaceful protest. Not something that breaks the laws because you have the right to peacefully protest. You don't have the right to commit treason. You don't have the right to turn into a domestic terrorist. You don't have that right. Um, and, And it baffles me, like when you said, why do they feel they have the right? They feel they have the right because they feel this is the part two 
that's debatable. Like you said, black people did Black Lives Matter for something that would benefit us all. If we could stop police brutality, that means police brutality in general stops for everyone. Mm-hmm. If we have mm-hmm. police accountability, that stops, you know, that makes them accountable in every situation, not just with black people. Yeah. You're you're storming the Capitol because you feel this is your America. And you're mad because somebody lost an election. That's two totally different things. Because the end of the day, Biden won. You can't change that. We have a democracy in this country for a reason. That is one of them. Because you want to put a, at this point, they were so invested into Trump that he became more than a president to them. He is their Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you start investing in people that much and in that way, then it no longer becomes what's best for the United States of America, which encompasses all races and nationalities. It becomes who Trump caters to which is white America. Well, I'll say what he caters to. I'll say what he caters to. And the reason why I say what he caters to more so because he was able to have such a, even though he lost still, he was able to have such a high percentage of Latinos and Mexicans mm. to vote in his favor. And it's just like, I which I'm baffled because I don't know how the hell you go four years talking about a wall and then somebody says, Yeah, I'm gonna vote for you, even though they be quick to kick your ass out. Um, or even not even let me not say kick you out, but make you bend over backwards to prove citizenship. You know, and, 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 and you're right. You're right. I, I I will take that back and say it's what he cares. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he catered to a lot of hate. And and I don't give a damn what nobody say. Hate is some fuel right there. Exactly. Because I say it like this. The reason he was able to reach certain segments like Latinos and, and women and everything because their hate of other races and nationalities was greater than what they felt that he did to them individually. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like mm-hmm. he 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 talked about grabbing women by the pussies and all of this stuff. Well, because he didn't grab them particularly by the pussy, it didn't matter to them because his other message was for what she also believed in and could not stand. And that fueled them more than any type of personal violation because it wasn't centered just on them. Oh, yeah. You know, so definitely, I better want to take a quick break here and then uh, we come back. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about, you know, your opinion about what happened and um, in a resolution, <laughs> what we think a resolution could be. So, we will be right back in just a moment. Welcome 
to Kisha Beauty, embracing the power of self-love in conjunction with Fifty Shades of Success. While Fifty Shades of Success works on the inside, let Kisha Beauty work on the outside, adding a little sparkle, pop, and shine with Kisha Lips, pamper your skin with Kisha Body, and let's not forget accessories with Kisha Girl. Find us on Instagram. Hey Untamables, it's Kiana Danae, poet and author. Just wanted to stop by and ask, have any of you read any of my poetry lately? If not, you can pick up my books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere else you get your books, and of course my website at kianadanae.wordpress.com. Now back to the show. Hello, 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 and we are back. Um, if you are just tuning in to us we have been talking about siege on the capital um everyone is aware of what happened on january the 6th before the break v and i were just giving our feelings about the act that was committed so now you know i i have an opinion about what happened but i, I want to start with you what, what is your opinion course, i know we talked about how we of course you want to start with me of course you want to start with me because you I, always want to put me on blast do y'all see how she does me she you see how she does me? It's fine. It's, fine. it's just um, okay. Look, next time I'm gonna start with me, but I'm gonna she start lied. with you. This time I just ask. <laughs> <laughs> I might, I might be telling the field. Well, at least it's not as hard as the films that uh, forty-five. Swear, alternative facts. <laughs> oh, the shade I just threw. Well, go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna let you um, go ahead about your opinion. <laughs> my opinion in regards to in in general, you know, I. I definitely think it was kind of odd that the National Guard wasn't put in place, even as a precaution. I think that it's, and there's videos, guys, uh, in regards to even the the baby gates that they had up. There is evidence of, you know, the uh, the police that were in position you know, not only helping these people get up and down the steps, because if your old ass need help getting up a step, damn it, stay your ass down there. I'm just saying. Um, you didn't need to be there. At all. You didn't need to be there, period. At all. But, you know, I, I do think that it's one of those things that, again, I'll reiterate it and I'll always stand by it. I think it's one of those things that that hate feel so much more than anything and there and to me again this is even more of a reason why black lives matter the just in the again this isn't saying that any other race doesn't matter understand that black lives matter is centered and against or rather supports the reun uh, the reform of police officers that's the whole purpose of this is to have them accountable and to me, it really showed the true colors of um, the belief, honestly and truly, like the 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 culture of it all. It, it's just crazy to me that you have these individuals that were all about the blue lives, blue lives matter, mm. and. I guess their whole thing was, well, since they know Blue Lives Matter, let's go ahead and let them in. They ain't never done it. What the hell did a black person do to your ass? 
they knew in advance they put people in place they put um, curfews in place just on a thought on a rumor on a whim that there may be a protest and that there may be whatever going on the National Guard was called in and yet and yet none of these precautions were put in place None of these things were done. So to me, with the police that were there, it spoke a high volume of why the hell didn't y'all shoot? Why didn't y'all, and I'm not saying shoot to kill, why didn't y'all shoot rubber bullets or something, even into the crowd? They were, they were people that were showing up with 45s, with AKs drawn high-powered weapons on their back. These weren't weapons that you couldn't see. These were things that, to me, it it just is crazy to me. Even with 30,000 people there, y'all would rather shoot into, y'all more scared of 300? Y'all more scared of 300 people versus 30,000? Get the fuck out of here. Get the hell out of here. To me, it just showed that I mean, blue lives, I guess, are for white. And I'll say it like this. For me, another thing, another thought um, that just baffled me um, at first was it's amazing to me that people who were fighting for a cause about saving people's lives, which is what Black Lives Matter was about, about protecting people's life and police reform and police accountability. It's a, it, it, these are people who serve us. Please don't get this twisted. Everybody in the United States of America has pays every police officer's salary from the head to the bottom, from the lowest to the top. They are here to serve us, protect and to serve us, not the other way around. They owe their debt to us because they took an oath to do this, to be the guardianship over our lives so that we can live in in a sense of lawful and, you know, and, and peaceful environments. That's what they're there for. You know, people get it so, they have things so twisted in their mind. They're like, oh, if you just comply, if you just do this, you won't be that. First of all, even if I didn't comply, even if I was acting a fool, as long as I didn't pose an imminent threat to a police officer, I have the right to get arrested, get charged, and get tried just like everybody else in America. Because that's their job is not to hunt people down and shoot them dead like a dog in the street. Their job is to keep order. And it's not by any means necessary. It's by the letter of the law. And they have police manuals and training guides that teach them and show them every possible thing that you could do to resolve things peacefully. Even if you look at situations where that have been filmed, where someone is shot and another black person is there to witness it, 
the black person who witnesses this trauma 10 times out of 10 or is actually going through this trauma 10 times out of 10 the one that's trying to keep a level head and be in control and the police officers are the ones who are unhinged now I'm not saying that their job is not dangerous and they don't need some type of true mental you know help for these officers who have to combat with true criminals day in and day out I know it's taxing I know this but I also know just like I know with those writers, your job was a choice. Nobody came and recruited you for the police academy. You signed up for it. So if you have to, if you recognize that you need a mental break, then you need to do what you need to do to get that. You know what I'm saying? Or you might need to back away from that career. But either way, it is something that you signed up for. And it's something that you've been trained to know how to properly resolve. Um, so it should not be the citizens who are always being able to keep calm and de-escalate, de-stress. That's what you should be there for. That's how you should act and implement your policies and the procedures that are supposed to be there. So, um, but it baffles me that all these people who, whenever they, whenever it, the shoe is on the other foot and they see this is going on, it's always, if you could have, compl- if you should have complied or blue lives matter or all lives matter and all of this stuff. So what's the purpose of the rioter storming? If all lives matter, um, that means my right to vote and choose who I want to be president because mm-hmm. this is a democracy matters. If blue lives matter, um, why are you, up, why, why, why was the police officer killed? Because you stormed the Capitol. If you consider, if you, why are you up there putting in harm law enforcement if blue lives matter? You know, point blank period when it comes down to it, everything you have said or tried to fight against anybody else who protests was debunked on yeah. the six. It, it's not like we didn't know it. Yeah. You just proved it. You proved our point. Because it doesn't matter to you. Blue lives don't matter to you. All lives don't matter to you. What matters to you is that you get your damn way. Yeah. Because you think that everything should be your way. And you think that everything should be conducive to what you feel it should be. That is not a dem- democratic society. So let me ask you. Let me ask you <laughs> and, something. And, I, and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but let me ask you. You know, and I know that we're we're saying the police that we're there, who they can only do so much. I'll give them a bit of a doubt. They can only do so much. Some of them probably say, you know what? Fuck this job. I don't get paid enough. Why do you, in your opinion, why do you think they were really able to get in? Okay. So I have a theory and I have not expressed this online for two reasons. Um, I don't want B613 to come look for me, yeah. for one. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, for two, I feel like if I say this out loud and the right somebody, a pro-Trump supporter, attaches to it, they, it, 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 they'll take it and they'll run with it um, for their benefit. And they could. But to be honest with you, what happened was, I watched this unfold because I was watching the, 
I, I sat here and I watched it from the beginning. Mike Pence gave his speech, and then Mitch McConnell gave his when they were verifying the electorates for presidency, and then Chuck Schumer was um, had given his, and and then they went to the people, you know, talk showing Trump, and he was talking, and then the people started marching and all of this stuff, and um, so I just watched it from the beginning. And all the way through to the night, because I couldn't mm-hmm. take my eyes off of it. It was just so devastating and fascinating at the same time. Um, but the woman who got killed. Now, mind you, earlier, there was a representative who was on the news. And he came on. Now, he t- called in and stated that um, the protesters, when they stormed, they were able to get the Senate out, but they couldn't get the House of Representatives out um, because the emergency exit had been stormed by the rioters. And so Secret Service had to come in and barricade them in with the furniture that was inside the this House floor and told them all to lay down and get down on the floor, lay down, you know, across the chairs and stuff, just in case they got in and they were shooting, you know, things like that. So... The woman who got shot, when you when you saw where she was, there was two people that came on and got interviewed on the news later that night. And they were saying that they were right there beside her when she got shot. And they were explaining where they were. And then they showed the video. It was the first time they start they showed the video and they said that it was a barricade of furniture and they were trying to break in and Secret Service, you know, or, or some type type of armed security told them to get back. And then they shot. Well, me looking at the video and listening to what they said and thinking about what the representative had said just hours before, they were about to storm into where Secret Service literally was shielding the House of Representatives, right? So my thought was, you were already committing a treasonous act by being inside of the Capitol, but you were about to storm in on our direct. United States legislators how are you on the news giving an interview instead of being arrested right now um so my thought was this somebody had uh, these representatives I, I started everything started to make sense to me I, you know Trump um is so narcissistic he has torn the Republican party into shreds um you have Republicans against each other conservatives against each other um about him people who have just disavowed him who were standing by his side. He has single-handedly just ripped Vice President Mike Pence to shreds, Mitch McConnell to shreds. These are people who have stood staunchly beside him in everything that he has done in this country for the last four to five years. Um, well, I'll say four for Mitch McConnell because once he became president, he just jumped on the train. Um, he's also a man that they knew was too volatile for this position. But post-Obama, they were so pissed off about this black man who had been president that they were willing to take the most controversial, most volatile person because they felt so hurt and betrayed. And they allowed him to stay on his ticket. They allowed him to run. But what happens when you get a volatile narcissist who is a loose cannon, you don't know how to put, you know the cuckoo back in the clock. Um, and that's what happened. He'd gotten to the point by the end of this thing where he had basically damaged the entire, the, 
Republican and, and, and conservative constituents trust in their own party. He has destroyed people's careers or future careers. And so he is a loose caboose that they didn't know how to contain. And so what do you do when you cannot control the loose caboose? You derail it. And um, they allowed it to happen. They had a meeting. They knew it was going to happen. These people had been meeting online. Those things are monitored. They knew it. Um, several police officers, several military have come out and spoken and said that the mayor requested National Guard security before they even got there. She was denied. It was denied at first when the protests even start. Her says turn riot. And I say it first because it started off as a protest and then went to a riot. Um, was even started. That's why police were so late getting there. That's why the response was so late. Um, Mike Pence was the one who had to call and get the National Guard to come after he had been quickly um, rescued from <laughs> the the chaos that was going on at the Capitol. And they allowed it to happen. They allowed it to happen because you had to have Trump be responsible for something so abhorrent that you couldn't do anything but say, see, this is why we have to take it back. This is why we need to seal this democracy because he, it has gotten as bad as anybody projected it would be. Because they knew that you have your, your, your wild, radical pro-Trump supporters. But I will give it to you. There's a good amount of uh, Republicans and conservatives, Democrats and liberals, who they want bipartisanship. They want country over party, even regardless of how they vote. And if you have this nationally televised revolution that's going on with this few people here that's coming in, they're storming the Capitol and they are putting a whole democracy at risk, then it turns the light bulb on for anybody, for the majority to say, okay, this is, this is now we've gone too far. I'm with them. I don't want this anymore. Now we can save the party. Now we can save our careers. Now we can take back the country and get cuckoo, the cocoa, the cuckoo bird off somewhere. And so that's my theory. I, I feel like, you know, it was a setup, but it was a setup in reverse. It was a setup to take control back where they had lost control and didn't know how to obtain it back. And that's the reason why I hadn't really said anything um, about it because I just kind of feel like if I do, people will take it and run with it. But it, it that's the only way I can make a lot of this make sense. And that's how I feel. That's That's my opinion. So, but V, um, I feel like, you know, we need a, a resolution. So I want to just, you know, move on to that part. What, what do you feel like a good resolution would be? Start over, throw America away, make it America 2.5. Uh, see what oh. happens. Um, no, um, a good resolution? I don't know if this is one of those things that it's not one of those things a resolution will come easy. Um, I do think that 
while we could be happy all day long that Biden and Harris won, they are going to spend the next four years cleaning up a mess. That's, do I think that there will be an easy resolution? No, because some people are so gung-ho and caught up on, on it being, you know, Oh, a rigged election. And these will be the same ones that for the next four years they'll say, they'll always say that it's rigged. But it's crazy that they'll be the same, they were the same ones that said, that'll say, well, he's still, you know, when Trump was in office, he's still y'all president. But y'all don't want to acknowledge this. Uh It's crazy how shit is only rigged when it doesn't Uh work in your favor. But I definitely feel that the best resolution at this point is to put out the fires and it's unfortunate because it's going to take away from the bigger picture of what can we do to really get America back on track because I know everybody was a little happy about the $600 you know I know that y'all were happy about that but your child they trying to be happy about him talking about this 2000 girl you know they they destroyed (laughs) Mitch's damn house we're talking about where's my 2000 um Here's my thing, though. Mm-hmm. If they really wanted to give or do anything for the country, is money really the way to go about doing that? Or is it a thing of, let's clear it. Let's clear the debt. Y'all aren't, I mean, let's let's be honest. $600 ain't enough to pay a fraction of the majority of people's rents. Much less a... Hell, it's not even a security deposit for something. Or a mortgage. Or even if it is a mortgage, it's a mortgage for a month. You know, then it's like, and then what? You know, and I'm not talking about being like these other countries where, oh, they're getting more over there. Again, still, you're you're basing that on money versus what can we do overall? Because the money is not going to do anything but go back to the government. That's not doing anything for us. They're giving you something to give back to them. That's me handing you $20 and then you buying something from me for $20. The hell are we doing? So I, overall, I don't feel like this is going to be a one-two thing. I do feel like this is one of those things that's going to take time to process. And I know that they said that, you know, Trump's not going to be at the inauguration. I wouldn't be there either. Sorry, I just wouldn't. Wherever the hell he is, I'm going to be right there beside him because if your supporters still feel like it's fake and they want to jump stupid, mm-hmm. we all going to be stupid to get like, you going down with my stupid ass there because I'm not. If he ain't going to be there, I ain't going to be there. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But do I think that there's a simple re- uh, resolution? <sighs> no. Do I think there's a way for this to be resolved? I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I, don't, I really don't. But that's just my opinion. I, I feel like my, um, at this point, I have to go back on my faith. The only thing that can really change um, is God and prayer and, and hopefully that people have a change of heart. Now, I know that I'm not saying that nothing's too big for God. He got a lot, whole lot of hearts to work on. You know, he even got to work on mine. You know, but um, is is 
at this point, it's at, it's in God's hands because you know they keep saying it's a saying. You know, we're going to hell in the handbasket. Well, we in hell that we in yeah. the hell and in the handbasket right now, and um, that's where we're at with this. And the only other now, if I'm just talking about people, the person who has the power to actually help get this nation back on track is the one who incited me. And that's Trump. If he were to come out and and accept the election and tone down his supporters by reprimanding them honestly and saying that you all were wrong for what you did. This is not what I wanted. I know what I spoke, but I meant mm. in a lawful type of way. This is one America. We need to come together. And at this point, you know, let's just accept what it is. And I pledge my full support to President-elect Biden, Vice President um, Kamala Harris, and let's move forward and reunite. That would calm so many people down. I think back to when um, Senator McCain lost to President Obama and at his rally in Arizona, he had so many people there that were booing President Obama and just, you know, they were livid. And his speech, if you watch the faces, because they panned the crowd, the beginning, you would see the hate and the anger in them. And he spoke so eloquently as to being one America and having such high regard and respect for President Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama and how he would pledge his support and he would stand by the president and help become one America because even though they had political differences, mm -hmm. they both love this country and this country over party. And by the time he ended that, people was in tears. They was happy. They were settled. They was calm. And I can't help but say, like, if I, I don't vote Republican because it's not in my interest, but if I was to if I was to have to have a Republican president, that's yeah. the kind of president I would want. Someone who knows how to bring healing to a devastating situation and knows how to put himself in the back burner so that he can put the country first and keep the country together as one. And that is the difference of what we had in 45 than what we had in a the president, president or even right. a Bush. Right. You know what I'm saying? Any president, you know, whether it was Republican or Democrat, any president. Um, now I ain't going to say any because there's been some, but it ain't got this bad, you know. Um, yeah, but, I, I can agree with that. I can agree with I that, that it like, would be up to him. But how do you really depend on? Oh, yeah, no. Oh, Even yeah. the little <laughs> statements that he has <laughs> issued, it, it's more been a wink, wink, but do what you want to do. Um, But I definitely yeah, agree with you. I do think do that that's a statement that would have to come from a from him. But I do think that he bass in the attention and the glory of oh but what look what I can make them do um and I do think that even if he came out with a statement now that was genuine heartfelt I feel like there are so many people that are so warped that they wouldn't believe it because it'd be it'd be one of those things but 
They made him say that. He didn't mean that. We know what he really meant. We got him. It's fine. It's fine. He he got to play his cards right. Exactly. But we got him. I heard him loud and clear. And and I would say this, even if they believed him, they would be so hurt, like staunchly hurt by him saying that, that they would attack him and then that would make him revert because he doesn't want his masses. He's such a narcissist. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm, wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to accept that from his constituents. So I don't think that he'll be able to do it, but I do think I'm like you in this regard. I do feel like um, President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris will have a daunting task ahead of them because they are going to have to spend much of their four years trying to just bring healing to the country before they can really deal with any bipartisanship yeah. relationships and getting policies and, and things done. We, I mean, it's going to have to go hand in hand, but it's just going to he's going to have to, they're going to have to find a way to bring America back and try to, we've always been divided. It, it, it's been a powder. Oh yeah. Cause this ain't ever, new ever since creation. Uh, so, but it is now it's exploded. And like I said, it's so like, I, and I'll use the analogy is this is when you have a fight at the club, you know, and, and, and the furniture is broken and, and, you know, you want to clean up and repair and replace. Yeah. You can't do that mm, until you like, stop yep. the fight. Yeah, yeah. That's that's actually really good. What do I look like telling you? Let me get this so, glass up, but y'all keep fighting. Sorry. That's fine. Exactly. So you gotta clear the fight out first and stop the fight before you can do the repairs. And that's where America is right now. We you know, we, we gotta get the fighting out of the way and done and cleared up and healed before we can repair it. And unfortunately, that falls on the shoulders of the new president and vice president, as well as all the other detrimental things that are going on with health and science. And so in your opinion, is this, and and I'm going to ask this, and then I swear we're going to jump off of this, you guys. But in your opinion, I want to end it on this note, because I know a lot of people, a lot of African-Americans are really quick to say, this is not my fight. This is not my fight. This has nothing to do with me. Do you feel that that's the stance that we should be taking? Heck no. Let me tell you something. I was born here. My mom and dad was born here. My grandparents were born here. My great-grandparents were born here. I, I, I get that America has not been for us. But what I'm going to get away from is saying that this mm. ain't my country. This absolutely is my country. Is the one I was born in, the one I'm still living in, the one I pay taxes in, the one I contribute my lifestyle in, the one I'm raising my family in, the one I was raised in, the one my ancestors was raised in. This is our country. It's every bit as much as our country as it is the next person, the next race, and the next nationality who's living here and doing the same things that we're doing. If you are rooted here, this is your country. So I, you know, I encourage black people to stop saying that because that takes that adds to me, it adds to the rhetoric that this is their America. And this is not their America. This you better is our say that. America. And exactly. And in order for us, in order for us to embrace have other people embrace that it's our America, we also have to start treating it like it's our America. And we have to be ready to sit here and say, no, this isn't going to fly because we live here too. We're a part of this country. This is our country. And and the same thing that is going to apply for them is going to apply for us. 
we're not having this anymore. And that's my thing. Point blank period, poo. <laughs> Just period. Period. As as the as the as my little beast can say, <laughs> So um I, you know, this has been a great discussion. You know, I think that I'm glad we were able to to come back and, and you know, have a yeah. decent discussion about it and voice our opinions. And I also want to say congratulations to the Georgia Senators, Reverend Raphael Warnock and uh, John for winning their mm-hmm. Senate post. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And um, so um, I also just want to just thank you, V, for, you know, being able to come on not act a damn fool have a cool head yeah have a cool head with me because you know we had to had to have some come to Jesus my own. very That's true very true <laughs> talk about this subject <laughs> they're talking about this subject so I thank you so much but I want to give you a moment to go ahead and shout out your social media so how people can reach you and please don't come on to her page for no foolishness about today's subject because uh, you can, yeah, you can come with it but you're going to take All a right. bone back I promise you that damn much <laughs> okay you can follow me though on <laughs> of course you can find, find me on Facebook um, like my page of Timeless V you can find me on Instagram Timeless Everything and you can now find me on Twitter under the number four ever ever that's e-v-e-r timeless i think there's a v at the end i'm not entirely sure honestly guys don't hold me to it i apologize i'm trying to get used to it i told y'all i would change it however we're working on it so that's where you can find me at currently and i will also add on nope because you got jokes i will also add on that um because she's got 20 of those to go through. So I'll go ahead and add on the fact that you can find Diamonds After Dark on Facebook. Please like our page. I will also say that you can find us on Twitter at Diamonds After. Unfortunately, wouldn't allow us to put the whole thing Diamonds After Dark, but we're working on that again. Um, and yeah, that's where we're at with that. Um, Untang, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got I, you. I, I like how you did that. Okay. So, <laughs> you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, YouTube, and on Clubhouse. And throw that damn Clubhouse in um, well, I'm going to get over it. We're going to hate on I'm gonna these get over iPhones one day. today. We're going to hate on these iPhones today. So... Um, you can find me there at Author Untamed. Um, if you would like to follow my business page, which is Untamed Publishing, you may follow that page on Facebook at Untamed Publishing, on Twitter at Untamed Pub, or on Instagram at Untamed Publishing LLC. And if you are an author or reader and you would like to get writer Wednesday tips or listen to or be a part of author interviews, make sure you are following the Get Caught Up podcast on Twitter at Get Caught Up Podcast. Um, I'm sorry, on Twitter at GCU underscore podcast and on Instagram at Get Caught Up Podcast. And that is it for me. I, I would say, uh, oh, it, look, here, I, it, this is not shade, but I know it's going to feel shade. like shade if you're on Clubhouse. <laughs> 
Join me on January 17th at 6 p.m. with Diamond's Literary World. I will be discussing with her about what I'm up to, my books and everything. It's called An Evening with Author Untamed. So that is January the 17th at 6 p.m. on Clubhouse. Mm, mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm, all for mm-hmm. me, Z. Okay, well, I, just I, had to make sure I, you got, uh, you know, your, your, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all of that. I got you, though. <laughs> Uh, well you guys thank you so much for tuning in I hope that we can take um, what has happened and somehow be able to learn from it and grow and heal as a nation but that is all the time we have for you so I, I am, am your host mm-hmm. I don't know where that came from <laughs> <laughs> and we I don't know where it came from either but Diamonds we after are dark. I swear we'll get it together, y'all. We, I swear we will. <laughs> I swear we will. Maybe. All right. Good night, you guys. You so silly. Good night. <laughs>